welcome to the See You Next Summer podcast. I'm Rob Rodriguez. Here's my Soren to my club, Billy Pollerhead. You know what? I'm glad that you made me Soren. I like that. Uh, what's up, guys? We're here with another month, and uh, it, it's gonna it's, it's gonna fly over your expectations. Maybe exceed him. Mm-hmm. Who knows? <laughs> So, um, we're gonna do one of the most oddest movies in Zack Snyder's filmography, Legend of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahu. Based on the children's book. I'm gonna say a hot take. This is one of the best Snyder movies. It is such a bizarre entry in his filmography. Honestly, <laughs> it feels like, it barely feels like Zack Snyder. There are certain things that distinguish it where you're like okay yeah that's Zack snyder but you take that away like hell even the end credits i was like oh yeah Zack snyder did direct this thing because it's basically just your run-of-the-mill children's movie with a few exceptions very few because this movie has something that for the last 20 years a lot of animated movies don't have movie that has balls and violence and it feels like an 80s movie like, it feels for all audiences. This movie was not made for children. Especially, and even our friend Wen talk about this, a lot of war messages are in this movie and about fascism. And I forgot how deep they were. Well, it's also very on the nose. Mm-hmm. Once you Once you figure out that it's just commentary on, like, war and stuff, and it's it's... Your basic hero's journey, fantasy, whatever. And I'm going to say this. I don't think that children will get it at first. Like a 10-year or 15-year will get it. But I don't think a small child will get it, though. It will only see, like, the simple story and the simple anime and the beautiful animation. But I don't think they will get that was like, oh, shit. Like, this is a hardcore story. You really think about it. It's about fucking owls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm you. It's just weird to come hey, from. But he made owls look awesome, though. Yeah. Okay. Like, your, your For heart. context, this movie came out after he did Watchmen, which was a very divisive movie. He said, "Hold my beer." <laughs> he said, "You know what? For the next two, three movies." I'm just going to do my own thing. Mm -hmm. So I decided to do another adaptation of a book, this time of a lesser known book. And it's a children's book. But he approached it as I just wanted to make a film. And it is, it looks, it is shot and is acted really, really well for a kid's movie. Well, it's not even really a kid's movie, it's just for an animated movie. It looks and the animation still looks unbelievable. I am very surprised how well it holds up. This came out in 2011, and there are some movies now that technically have better visual effects, but this movie has a lot of heart and soul if you know where to look. And also, we talked about this even before recording. This feels like a very, very interesting video game because the way that it was shot, like a video game cousin, like you said. But not only that, a lot of movies and TV shows they always do the tropes of the hero's journey and the basic adventure. But 
for a for an animated movie for kids, this is very daring, especially because it's gonna sound like a broken record, but there hasn't been a lot of daring child like kids movies in the last 10, 15 years. Unless, like recently with Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, it's, it's you get it's very rare that you get animated movies like that or something like Klaus, where it's just great. Or into the Spider into the Spider Verse. Uh, anything that's not Disney, let's just say that. Mm-hmm. Because the only Terry Disney movie that can I can think of is Inside Out, because that's very psychological. And well, okay, I'm gonna say Encanto a little bit because it touches on some pretty. Uh, they wouldn't have touched upon that subject 50 years ago. Let's just say that with family with generational trauma, that's kind of a big deal, especially in Latin culture. I mean, you would know. Yes, but. One day we'll get to Encanto, but I would like to give that movie a second chance. But when the only time that I saw it, my problem is I did not like the director of that movie. You know what? That's valid. Mm-hmm. And we still don't talk about Bruno. We just yeah, never we will. Because that damn song. But it's a lot better than Let It Go. So, what? Yeah. And you can say that this movie is better than Quantum Mania. Really? We're going to be doing that message? We're talking about Snyder. He's our DC boy against Marvel. Well, let's just say this. Um, This was a lot better than Quantumania. Like this movie. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't really want to get into spoilers or anything. I don't really want to think about it. um, Instead, I want to talk about this very strange, very underseen i'm just gonna say moras uh, moras ass but yeah um <laughs> it, it didn't exactly bomb but it underperformed big time and it feels if it, it doesn't even feel like a Zack snyder movie because the entire cast is either english australian or some variation of that i still I still will say that this feels like Snyder because of how big the, the story is. Because another thing that a Snyder likes to do, he likes to challenge characters with battles. He can make battles look so incredible. You're just like, why didn't I think of this? How did I? How did he think of this? It's really, it's a gift. And also because this movie feels very Star Wars, but also very Lord of the Rings. Well, it's probably where it was inspired from. But anyway, you want to start with the plot? There is a lot of plot before before we start. was like, uh, and also this is our, even though Billy said that he is based on a children's book, because I say that this is a Snyder movie, feels very YA. Because this was the trend in the 2010s. A lot of YA adaptations. But yeah, so the movie starts with the the thing about the big battle that happened a few years before the movie starts. And so we meet our main character, Soren. I didn't check the credits, but he sounds like Elijah Wood. But I don't know if he's Elijah Wood. No, it's Jim Sturgis. Oh. If you've seen Across the Universe, you know who he is. Oh, that guy? Mm -hmm. Look at that. Nice. Yep. And oh, I also got to point out the fact the Warner Brothers logo with an owl. Mm-hmm. Come on, you know they did that on purpose, and that was the same year that Harry Potter ended. Not only that, also the focus on the Warner Brothers logo on the clouds and on the sun is exactly like in Chamber of Secrets. And one feather that's down, but it's immediate slow mo. Not even five, 
Not even a minute in, there's some fucking slow-mo. You know he did it for his fans. He's like, here you go, here's the slow-mo. Especially after he used it to death in 300 and Watchmen at that time. Because those were the two movies he was known for, mainly. Yeah, so technically, also, the way what we see a lot of the owls flying in that first scene, especially the way that they fly down, kind of like a bullet, in a lot of the scenes, this feels like this was test footage for Man of Steel. It reminded me a lot of, of Harry Cavill flying as Superman. I don't know why. I was like, it looks beautiful. And so we know that the Guardians, they dedicate themselves to protect all of the owls. But the Guardians have, haven't been seen in many years. And the, the dad, that, that's the name of the owl, the dad, He's telling the story. Uh, Noctis, yes. Voiced by Hugo Weaving. That's why he sounded familiar. And so, Mr. Anderson. And so he's telling the story. And even Soren and Claude, I was like, but how you know if they're real? I was like, it doesn't matter. You have never seen that. You can still believe in them because they could be real. It's the thing about myth and legend. I like that. And we, I love that. And Soren is very naive and idealistic and he believes in dreams and stuff and clud is his brother voiced by jason stackhouse from true blood uh who i didn't know was australian but he is and they have their little sister eglantine they all have silly names i know but they're all barn owls and also the way the owls move and fly because i believe that the animators went to an owl sanctuary to see how they moved they even have a blind snake caretaker voiced by Miriam Margulies for some reason. That's why that voice on the familiar too. Yeah, Professor Sprout from Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. So nice. put it back to Harry Potter. But uh, yeah, Soren is uh, his favorite story involves uh, this legend. The Battle of the Ice Claws. Yes, Lies of Keel. Mm-hmm. And he basically. He defeated the leader of what is known as the Pure Ones, Metal Beak. And that is why he has a metal fi- uh, mask on his helmet or, or on his face like Dr. Doom. And uh, Claude is just like, yeah, whatever. I have dreams too, but only when there's when I'm asleep. He's very much a cynic. He's, he's a huge asshole to everybody. And he, he's so full of himself. He's totally trying to prove something. And he's trying to act more mature than what he actually is. And these are just in small, like, little spurts. Not only that, but also we see that this is another thing about that we focus on the plot. That Egg has her first palantine. Her, her first pellet. And so this kind of like a... It's very gross. It's very gross, but it's kind of like a hairball, technically. And it's kind of like think that something that they just ate. And so because this is a... Which they did because we just saw a mouse just get violently snatched up. We, and then after this, we know that the owls, especially um, especially Claude and Soren, they're forbidden to go on the ground because they can only be on their nest or around in the top of the trees. Well, that's because of predators. Oh, and they live in a place called Taito. So that's why you'll hear the word Taito a lot. And so... And then... They by, by mistake they go into the ground and there's this big ass it looked like a big ass mice 
They're about to attack them. Well, the the you know why? Because they were out there flying before Soren got the hang of it. Clud was not, but Soren was just like, "Hey, I can teach you." Soren's super nice to his brother, by the way. Even when Clud's being a total dick to him, and what happens is, uh, Clud pushes him over because he can't take any le- legitimate criticism. Oh, gee, not topical at all. And then they get on the ground. They are attacked by a, Tas- a Tasmanian devil because the story does p- take place in Australia, technically, which is why everybody has an Australian or English accent. And they are kidnapped by two, by two long-eared owls, one of them voiced by director Lee Winnell. Ah, okay. Yeah, he he's the first one, but they are very much the uh, the English sidekicks, sort of like Horace and Jasper from uh, Cruella. De- yeah, from Cruella. hundred one delicious. Yeah. Except they're not like little, and or one's not a tall, skinny guy, and one's not a short, fat guy. They're just two long-eared owls, and we also get another owl while they're flying. Um, oh, what was her name? Gilfie. Ah, uh, yes, a little elf. The cute one. The, the tiny one. elf owl. And uh, her, she's freaking out, by the way. Also from New Zealand. Actress's name is Emily Barkley. And yeah, because they're being kidnapped to, be, to go to war. Yeah. And a lot of these owls are owlings, are children. Children. Jeez. Uh, I mean, yeah, and they're also just taken from their homes. As well oh mm-hmm. the one that has gilfie uh i believe his name was grimble yes a, a boreal owl uh i'm just saying all these owl stuff just so you can look up what they look like uh also voiced by hugo weaving nice and so we they get into this place and this place called saint Agilius, and we get the the promise of this villain owl nira I was like, by the mercy of Glaus, you have been rescued. And I was like, uh, and I was like, you have to serve the pure ones. And I was like, uh, because you're here. Oh, you know who voices Naira, right? Sounds familiar, bro. Who is it? Helen Mirren. It is Helen Mirren. Oh, okay. Good. I mean, that's a big name to get for your children's movie. But she's the second in command because she's Metal Beak's wife. And basically the head of what i like to call the gestapo uh owls i mean it's very very on the nose with like brainwashing kids this whole ideology this messed up ideology of the weak deserve to be killed and the the possessing the other owls like lobotomies to the moon blink the moon blink oh this is one of the darkest things Mm -hmm. literally ever you would think them being owls uh I always thought it was weird because I thought owls were nocturnal, but apparently like if they just look at the moon long enough, they're just going to essentially be lobotomized and it's pretty fucked up. And Gilfie and Soren, they immediately get along because Gilfie's just like, no, we will not. We will not join the pure ones. She's from New Zealand, so it's adorable because she's so small. And then Soren's just like, yeah, we're not. I'm here with my brother. And he's just like, because um, Soren gets taken away somewhere else. But Clud, of course. But we get the betrayal first because Nira says, I was like, well, you, says to Soren and, and Gilfie, you're going to be pickers. 
and then and then uh, Sornia's like, Claude, please help us. And Claude doesn't do anything. And Nero's like, uh, you don't want to join them. And and Claude is like, no. And he, we see the heartbreak between Soren. It was like a, he just got betrayed by his brother. That he doesn't do anything. No, don't fucking say it. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Next time I see you, I will slit your throat. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get the mumbling scene. That all yeah, Claude's a dirty fucking coward. And we, yeah, but Claude is a coward. Oh so yeah, that's like, another thing. When they're getting attacked by the Tasmanian devil, Soren is brave and tries to fight back. Claude immediately hides and shows. It shows a lot about character just through those actions. But then also we we immediately get that Nira wants to keep an eye on Claude because he she wants Claude to be uh, an exemplary soldier. She sees potential. She sees potential because, um, you know, if you don't stand for anything, you'll fall for you'll fall. Mm-hmm. Or if you stand for nothing, Burr, what do you fall for? Yeah, and then we because get, he's so apathetic mm-hmm. too. And then we get I love I love this little scene that it feels like it was. I'm pretty sure this was like a studio note that they give Snyder, and I was like, uh, Snyder, we need um like a kid scene after this dark lobotomy scene. That Gilfi and Soren, they had to add, like, they were possessed. And I love that Gilfi, she acts so dumb like a zombie with the wings all spread out, like, uh, like, trying to be, like, mumbling. Yeah, and then, of course, they plan their prison escape. And then they're ho- they're overheard by Grimble. And then he's just like, I thought you'd never ask. I'm gonna teach you how to fly. Because that's the thing, since they're so young that they don't really know how to fly that much. And Grimbo make a promise. I was like, if I see Pickers facing the the order of the pure ones, I will help them fly. And you are those because lots. it's established that the moon blinkers, a lot of because most of the people are children and they have been growing up there because we see some adult moon blinkers too. And also we forgot to say about the plot device that they're picking kind of like a rare metal that is called a, fl- a fleck. Yes, it's essentially just bits of like this ancient metal or whatever it it's a fantasy just go with it mm-hmm. yeah they that was that they never fully explained it i thought well they felt like weird especially how they possess everyone i'm like is that kind of like the force or something for for these characters i was like uh they get they get very weak when they're around them yeah um also they are literally taught in a school by naira to that Taito owls, which are barn owls and their relatives, they're the strongest owls. And because of that, they have the right to rule the owl kingdoms. Because, yes, there are owl kingdoms. And then I was like, we, Taito owls, were the superiors. And I'm like, and the pickers are the weakest. We had to demonstrate that we are superior and always destroy the weak. Yeah. And then we also, oh, yeah, there's also bats. That are essentially henchmen there. Yeah, they the the minions for the evil owls, for the pure ones. And the leader, of course, is Metal Beak, voiced by Joel Edgerton. Yeah, because he's Australian as well. Look at that. Joel Edgerton. Oh, yeah, and he's talking with this... uh, Uncle Owen. Yeah, with this other owl that we don't know. But he will receive parts of the owl kingdoms and the tree in return for laying a trap for the guardians... Not of the galaxy, but of Gahul. Yeah, because we only know that the Guardians are live in the trio Gahul. The, it feels like the way that they describe it, it feels like a, kind of like a heaven. 
very mystical the way that they describe how the trio got gold and only the guardians can live there. Yeah, and um, because Clud is such a dick, and because he is so easy to manipulate, he buys into this pure one's crap very quickly. It's not you can definitely see where we're going with this. And then he impresses Nira and you know it's like a, oh you're a we're gonna be a very good soldier. I was like a we do you know if your brother he's as, as good and exemplary as you and Claudia was like, No, he's weak, he doesn't know how to fly anything. Are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure he could be as great as you. We can go and ask. Oh him yeah, right also now. don't lie to me. Yeah, don't lie to me because Nira I like those kind of villains. Just like a, don't fucking face me, you asshole. I know that you're lying. And also because Nira knows that Claude is simping for her. Well, she knows he's weak and is exploiting his weakness. And this is the other thing that Claude, one of his sins, that he immediately offers his sister. Immediately. he, Like I said, coward. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, they, they get interrupted... Um, or Grimble is teaching them how to fly and they get interrupted by Nero and all those guys. And Clud stays with them after Soren's just like, no, Clud, now's our chance. And he's just like, no. Mm, I'm gonna stay here to defend my queen. I'm like, ooh. And Nero fucking kills Grimble. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he just falls to his death as well. Like, after getting, like, slashed uh because they use their talons as like swords sort of things and they got like cool armor and everything and he gets like slashed and he's falling there's that he's just like you know go save yourselves i'll hold them off but on their way uh because um uh soren and gilfi managed to escape oh the other thing about this movie it's only it's the shortest Zack snyder movie it's an hour and a half long. I love the fucking use of slow-mo when they get away through the caves. And it feels very Empire Strikes Back. Like through like the whole thing between the rocks. Those aren't caves. Those aren't it's caves. It's a giant dick worm. <laughs> I love that the use of slow-mo had to get, they got away from uh, from the pure ones. And I'm like, damn. And it's not just the slow-mo. It's close-up mm-hmm. as well. Because Zack Snyder also loves close-ups. You feel the tension and the action of the chases. You can feel like every flap of the wings and everything. It's crazy. And on their way, they meet this burrow owl named Digger, who is the crazy eccentric one who tells terrible owl jokes. They're terrible even by my standards. And he's voiced by David Wenham, who you might know as Faramir from Lord of the Rings, who had previously worked with Zack Snyder in 300. He is the narrator. Mm-hmm. With the yeah, with yeah, the yeah. eye patch, so that's one mm-hmm. uh, returning Zack Snyder actor, because once again right. it's him and actors he will work with ag- multiple times. There is another one, but after oh yeah, and uh, Twilight, who is the big one who recites poetry, which is not really poetry or a song and ballad. But he is very much the eccentric run. one, the theatrical one. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, and Twilight, I rise with dinner, but it's Mrs. P, the snake. Yep. And oh, and she's just like, oh, Soren, it's you. And uh, then they end up going how to train your dragon style because uh, they're like Digger and Twilight because uh, Soren and 
Gilfie want to leave because Digger's fucking weird. Or both of them are very weird and eccentric. But this is part of the hero's journey is that the hero gathers allies. These two are allies because they know the way to the tree. But I also love the innocence of Soren because he told Mrs. P and was like, we need to find the guardians to save Claude because Soren doesn't want to admit that Claude, he already chose a side. He's Apparently still- in the books, he was even worse. Ooh. Uh, I, I kind of want to read the books as well. Because <laughs> um, nice. this is supposed to be based on the first three books. There's quite a few of them. And yeah, we see that Soren's whole thing is he cannot accept. He's in total denial mm-hmm. of his brother, even though it's clearly in his face. Uh, but they got to they gotta lead to the Sea of Hulmir, which is the location of the Great Tree and the Guardians. And they're mobbed by crows. Uh, oh yeah, Twilight has this loot that he plays that has Mrs. P in it. And we saw Soren do some awesome, well, Soren. And then they end up coming to this bank. You say he's a Soren over Holomir? But I'm God damn it. <laughs> and they meet this echidna. Mm-hmm. Who his whole shtick is that, oh, he, it is foretold. It is foretold. And Gilfie's just like, well, how do you, you obvious? You're just stating obvious things. Mm-hmm. It's not foretold. He's like, this one is the rude one. It is foretold. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a the humor doesn't always work, but I think the pacing is also a little weird. I still like it though because we jump in in very good moments though because then I like the moment when Nira shows all of the new soldiers, including Clad, to Metal Beak. And I love it. it was like, a, here's your new soldiers, Tester and Pure. And Metal Big is like, you should be afraid to be in my presence. And he's talking to Claude. Oh, no, because he sees Claude is afraid of him. And he's just like, you're right to be afraid of me, boy. Mm-hmm. We are Titus. Titus. And I'm like, and then, then I'm, I joke that I immediately thought of Billy. And they were, they're flying away. And I was like, no, nah, no, nah, who's theirs? Owls. Owls hood. I'm like, God damn it. <sighs> okay, yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one, but they end up, uh, the owls, uh, the hero owls, end up flying through a fucking hurricane, and this is where we get the first of the, I like to call it the District 9, music, or the Lion King-like sort of music. The the hero's music. You you know what I mean, like Ah. Dune just did it recently. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. but, uh, he dives in to save Digger, or as they say, Digger, and, uh, they end up being, but Digger got rescued because he almost fell into the ocean uh, by this snow owl, which is what Hedwig is. So you know what I'm talking about, the pure white owl. It's funny that the pure ones aren't necessarily pure in terms of like color, and yet the guardians are mostly uh, snow white owls. Well, especially because the pure ones have red marks with white yes red is a big red is a big color for them as well especially like whenever they do like the red eyes not on the nose snyder it's a it's that same eye trick that he used in 300 as well yes with the with the damn helmet yeah you know what the pure ones actually remind me of the spartan Mm -hmm. the metal the metal helmet the way that it designed it feels like the ones for 300 too but that's also kind of the case because 300 was propaganda. A lot of people accuse Zack Snyder of right-wing propaganda. That's anything. And uh, 
perpetuating the toxic masculinity, like men can't be vulnerable or empathetic or anything. This movie shows that is not true. And Zack Snyder's actually pretty left-leaning, so you can take that as you will. Because though this is technically the reversal of 300. This is anti-war. This whole movie is very anti-war. Yeah, but also 300 works because it's from an unreliable narrator, and it's from a Spartan. Mm -hmm. So you can understand why. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, they get through. They get to the great tree, and it looks awesome. Not only that, another thing that I love about Slomo, I love the moment when Digger gets saved, and then we see the the big uh, the big owl saving Digger. But the way that it flies away and it tells hi to Soren, and we see the water moving slowly, you can pass that, and that would be a beautiful poster. My God, that looks beautiful. Oh my gosh, yeah, and uh, it turns out. People that saved them were the king and queen. They're the snow owls. Um, they're also the highest of uh, the guardians. Uh, but the squad leader, the great gray owl, is Alamir. Here's where uh, you're going to know, because he's not technically... He he was raised in New Zealand. It's Sam Neill. No way! Yeah. Alamir, the big gray owl. That's nice. Sam Neill. Nice. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Because uh, he's the big skeptic, like, oh, can mm-hmm. we trust him uh, that the pure ones are back? And he, uh, Soren's just like, yeah, I know. All I have is my words. But you guys are, he's like, I know that they're myths and you only have my words, but you guys were too. And then they're like, yeah, he's got a point. <laughs> and we get this whiskered screech owl, this crazy owl looking thing named Elzerib. Voiced by Jeffrey Rush. Ooh, that's why yeah, that's Barbosa, Barbosa from Pirates of the Caribbean. Very famous actor. Very uh, classically trained actor. This is a who's who of like, oh, this person's in it. This person's in it. You can say that this is one of the biggest casts that Snyder did, technically. It was. Uh, he vouches for him. And this is where um, there, there's the hero's journey. There's the mentor. Like for Star Wars, it's Obi Wan Kenobi. For Lord of the Rings, it's Gandalf. Harry Potter's Dumbledore. You know that kind of trope. This is Soren's teacher, Elsrib, and he teaches them how to actually fly because they have other things. Oh yeah, and there's this female that shows them around this very LA looking crowded tree. It's a surprisingly crowded tree for it being very secret yes and And very legendary that's true there is a very crowded tree yeah um that's atalisa and that's the other snyder actor um abby cornish you'll know her in because she would do his next movie which would be sucker punch she's she's one of the girls i still need to see sucker punch uh her sister ended up in that terrible inhumans show oh (laughs) <laughs> she was the one that could uh, tra- transport with Lockjaw. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, that, that's the sister, but it's uh, the older sister. Abby Cornish is, yeah, a beautiful woman. Because you know Zack Snyder loves working with beautiful women as well. But he's a good guy. He's married, and he's he's got like nine kids, I think. It's it's crazy. Like half of them are adopted. And we know that in the trio Gahul, they all have kind of like a kind of like a job that they have to follow that is called shots, like tracking, navigating. Some of the owls are blacksmiths. Oh yeah. The the other thing is they talk about their gizzards a lot. 
because instead of hearts, it's just you feel it in your gizzard instead of like you feel it in your gut. I know, but I was like, the way that they speak about the gizzard, I'm like, is that the force? I was, I was just like, is that, is the gizzard the throat? But no, it's like, yeah, it's kind of like your throat. It's kind of like, I thought that the gizzard was like, maybe like, maybe like there's something specific on the beak, maybe like to navigate through their beak or something. No, 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 it's on the inside. Oh, okay. But I bring it up because Soren flies by instinct, which is which is they're flying out in a storm and they're just like oh they're 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 trying to navigate it but it's hard because it really screws up their flying and they've gotten really good at flying at this point the, the other thing about soren is he loves learning about the history you know because he's trying to learn from the past because if you don't learn from the past you're doomed to repeat it it's like poetry right some people could definitely use that mm -hmm. message right now. They know who they are if they're listening. If you're listening, also, like, yeah, we don't like you. But, and, uh, like, the, that specific. I know that's very hypocritical with what we're saying, but whatever. And then we get into the moment we see Claude delivering the, his sister to Metal Beak and, and Nira. And I love that they... Oh, no, no, no. What about... Uh, Soren actually starts flying by instinct, following his gizzard and everything. Until, yeah, the awesome scene of him in the rain. And that one shot in the rain. That one shot right there is worth it. I would have loved to have seen it in a theater. The slow-mo of the water droplets as we... It really complements the, the shot. The texture of every fucking hero that I will, And the focus on the eyes... Oh my god. And then we get the <laughs> Martin Scorsese said uh, we get the, the same sort word. of chanting that would later become the Wonder Woman theme. <laughs> no, no, go on. Go on. I mean it's it's not the same, but it's very similar to it. I know that there there's an actual meaning of that, and our friend Gwen actually did a video essay explaining this movie a lot better. And that's how I actually grew to appreciate it so much more because of uh gwen we also we also love you gwen we'd love to have you back but uh he got elzerib just goes like come into my tree uh because i'm gonna tell you about uh something and we learned that he is actually lies of keel the one from the legend the one from the legend and he's he basically just shatters the mirror and he's just like what were you who were you expecting like this knight in shining armor, or this owl in shining armor thing, well put together. And I love that thing that he says, it's horrible to see your hero ride, not being the hero that you wanted. This is what happens when you're a soldier, when you're in battle, it's not heroic. It's merely doing what's right. And doing it again, and again, and again. And then you eventually look like this. So he's essentially, his whole idealistic worldview of like, oh, this glorious battle... War is never great. There's nothing glorious about it. It's war. It's, well, in this case, owls trying to kill you. Especially because Soren is reading the real story of what happened that battle. He's like, why is it different? Yeah, and he's just like, it's not as heroic as you think it is, is it, boy? And not only that, and also I love the innocence of the sister when we go back to Claude and Metal Beak. I was like, a but what are we doing here? Claude, what are you doing? And then Claude is... She's like, I want to go home. And he's like, this is our home. You Just look at the moon, mm -hmm. eh, Gulatine. Just look at the moon. We are pure ones. And I'm like, damn, he drank the fucking Kool-Aid so quick. 
he's already irredeemable. Well, we know he is. We know he is of little character. The crazy thing is, he's the older brother. Yeah, close. Yeah, Soren was the younger one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alamir came back, but without the scouts, because it turned out it was a trap. It's a trap! Because it turns out Alamir is a fucking traitor. Judas! Gee, Sam Neill playing a traitorous character. Never seen that before. Mm-hmm. But he's good at it. Then they're just like, oh, uh, I barely managed to come back. Uh, I was lucky to only get minor cuts and abrasions or whatever. But I came back with two moonblinked owls. One of them is Eglantine. And then the Guardians are like, all right, we got to go to war. They're back. Uh, Elzrib tells Soren, no, 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 boy, just stay behind. Because you're going to die if you go into battle with us. And not only that, he says, you can stay here, take care of your sister, and be a good person, like a good owl. Or uh, stay here to do some real good or help us in the battle. I'm like, that is a really good line, though. Because he's testing Soren to be like, this is going to be your future, a damaged hero. That the thing that you, the, the, that could, this could be your future. You can be helping here, being doing something good. And I like that line because it reminds me, like I have said this before, I don't like war movies. And the only war movie that I have liked is Hustle Rich. What does happen is Eglantine miraculously gets unmoonblinked. Screw the other one, but who cares? And it turns out that uh, she was actually given by Clud to Alamir to set up a trap because we see because that's the whole thing is that they're grab, gathering the fleck metal to essentially act as like an EMP and it brings them down and they're forced to down to this big center thing where they can just they're essentially just sitting ducks or owls in this case i love that soren's also just like no 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 clud is not this but here you know, he's still having that hope but he's just like oh shit it's a trap we got to get all the crazy people uh, like my crazy, lovable man band of misfits who we barely get to know. We know just enough. They're very paper-thin characters, except for Soren. Um, that is something that pissed me off, is that everyone is just so paper-thin, or they just forget about people entirely. They introduce people, and then they never go back to them. But they're trying to condense it into an hour and a half movie that doesn't work. Yeah, because I think that the focus was like doing major of the plot points of the three books. Because it reminds me, even though, and you know why, it reminds me of the same complaint, even though I like this movie, a series of unfortunate events. That's why it worked better as a series. That was the complaint with that movie when the people that loved the books, that it was condensing. Yes, but the series is actually more accurate to the books. I like the movie better, though. And nothing against the show. And it actually takes advantage of the fact that it was on television. I was, I still like the show, but I'm like, Jim Carrey was better as Con Olive, though. <sighs> well, he's Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but going... A lot of people like more uh, Jim Carrey than they do Neil Patrick Harris. Although they both, I think they were both phenomenal Count Olaf's. Like I have all thirteen of the, thirteen books of a series of unfortunate events, and yeah, they both look and act just like Count Olaf. And so, anyway, they go to Saint Agilis, and they are drawn into the trap. And Alamir peels off at the last minute, and then uh, 
Soren and his friends, they arrive and they're just like, this is the Lion King thing, which is like, what are we going to do? And I expected Twilight to go like, what, what am I supposed to do? Dress up and do the hula? Hula! <laughs> 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 Oh, or poems. That would have been a, that would have been a good thing, though. But what we do get is uh, it turns out that there's this big device that's holding on the giant flex, and and we haven't mentioned that some owls have swords. Oh yeah, and and some and talon too. swords mm-hmm. as well, or they're on their talons. They're like Freddy Krueger's gloves, yes. but with just the talons. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and then Naira and Metal Beak are just, like, they're sending in the bats to just kill the owls. Right after they kill Alamir, by the way, they're just like, you did your part. And he's just like, you promised me that I would be king. And then he darkly, he gets dragged down into the tree, and Metal Beak just goes, oh, Alamir, you should know that there's only room for one king here. Mm-hmm. He he will not be in the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, yeah, it's pretty violent. Mm-hmm. Too, and then we get the awesome hero moment where Soren's just like, "I know what I gotta do. I gotta burn the shit out of this giant device." But I have this oil lamp with me. Yeah, because this giant device has all of those metal flex, all of those flex open, and technically they're like debilitating the guardians in the in the trap. So technically, Soren. This beautiful lamp thing, he goes into the woods that is burning. Because there's a forest fire, conveniently. Mm-hmm. Conveniently. And then he immediately, this is another beautiful scene. The way that he spreads his wings and he feels his gizzer. He's like, flying by instinct. Mm-hmm. He's flying in by instinct. fire. And they make the fire so intense. It's a one in a, one in a thousand kind of shots like in Star Wars. Like, you don't need the device look. Trust the force look. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, it's a staple in the hero's journey. And then, I mean, this actually does feel very similar to Star Wars when you get down to it. The comparisons are really, really similar. Especially because after... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. Yeah, get there. (laughs) But what does happen is... uh, Oh, that's the reason why Metal Beak distrusts Alamir. Because of the... Uh, Soren and his crew show up and he sees them because they're up high and as you know owls have amazing eyesight uh Soren plunges into the field and he drops the oil on the mechanism it holds the the lids over the flex and uh burns the ropes frees the guardians it's all out war now so metal beak is just like fight the guardians lies of keel himself elzerib and metal beak square off again and we see how tiny uh, Elzerib is compared to Metal Beak as well. He's a very small person compared to Metal Beak. Very Sauron versus that king in the first part of the He even looks like Sauron. Mm-hmm. And then they end up fighting, but it ends up cheating because Naira joins as well, and they tag team him. And they fuck him up pretty badly. And uh, But what does happen is Soren and Clud fight, and Soren's just like, Clud, what are you doing? This isn't you. And he's just like, well, then you never knew me at all. He says, Metal Beak uh, says, I forget the quote, but he did say something. That, no, it says, it says, your precious guidance are finished, Soren. The pure ones will win and it will be glorious. You're weak, Soren. You're living your dreams. They believe in me, Soren. 
Honor is just another word for weakness. That's the one I was thinking of. I was like, damn! He's too far gone as well. Yeah, super. And we see in this battle just how weak Clud really is. And this whole is this is in the fire scene in the in the was getting burned. So this is like it looks like hell. Like they're battling in hell. Very reversal the set. Like Sai Snyder was like, you know what? I'm gonna do reversal the set for this five minutes. I mean, hell, even Soren has the high ground. Mm-hmm. In the end. You want my brother, Clan? I love you. <laughs> well, he was his actual brother. That's yes. the thing. <laughs> and we see just how far Soren has come. Mm-hmm. How great his skills are. And you see, he doesn't want to do this. But he's like, I will if I have to. And then he does that, but then Clud's like, oh, my wing's broken. Because he did break his wing. That he did himself. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he's just like, pull me up, Soren. I'm your brother. Trying to gaslight him. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he tries to do it, he tries to take him out. But Soren instinctively like... Oh, no, no, no. There was a broken branch mm-hmm. that Clud ended up going on. And then, ah, uh, he falls into the fire. He fucked himself over like Demi Moore in full throttle. He's so fired. He's so fired. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then uh, never to be seen again. But anyway, we got the final battle with Elzerib, Metalbeak, and Naira. What happens is Soren, he's so full of rage, he snaps off a burning branch. And he comes in and he wants to avenge his brother's death, supposed death. And he takes on Metalbeak. He saves Elzrib. Very Goliath then, versus very Goliath kind of fight. Yeah, very David versus Goliath. <laughs> and then Melbeek just absolutely kicks his ass. But then I love this moment because I was like, damn. Because also uh Liceo is watching from afar. Soren stabs Metalbeak with that flaming uh piece of wood with, with that branch. And I'm like, damn, and even near I was like a through the chest. Mm-hmm. In a kiss movie. They don't, well, in an animated movie. This isn't a kid's movie. It's pretty intense, too. Like, the sound design and everything. It's like, oh. Even if they don't show it, it's implied what happened. Yeah. And anyway, Naira gets easily, or she gets overpowered. She uh, retreats and, pure once, fall back. I will be seen many, many times in the sequel. Many more times in the sequel. Anyway, they return to the Great Tree the little outlets and oh yeah they're the parents are there okay maybe coincidentally okay fuck whatever i thought this was kind of hard but then parents are so nonchalant either like they just do not care they don't give a fuck we just lost a kid another kid got brainwashed and my other kid is now a fucking he's the savior he's a soldier now he's a guardian he's a hero okay whatever uh we're proud of you and Mm -hmm fuck how we got here <laughs> um mm-hmm. but anyway they got there through a wizard and uh soren and his lovable band of misfits are made guardians and then soren is like but clud's body was never found we saw the metal mask that metal beak had was there and we see these pair of dark red eyes that's implied that it's clud and naira is still out there yeah that's the sequel setup and it turns out that he's just telling the story to the kids. Mm-hmm. So now those kids are going to be like him when he started the movie, thinking that it's big and heroic. I mean, hell, even Elsrib just said, you did the right thing, because Soren was really screwed up after having killed Metal Beak. Mm-hmm. 
oh gee what's that a hero having to kill the villain uh and not feeling heroic because he had because no, he had no mm-hmm. other choice in a brutal way very it's not like he's ever gonna do mm-hmm. that again <laughs> it, but luckily the ip nobody knew about so they didn't have a, so much controversy i love that you noticed that i love that uh, the, the, and so and then he's telling the story was like and the guardians kept their promise to mend those who were broken and i'm like and then the movie ends and i'm like God damn it. oh no then they all fly and it's like yeah we'll be in the sequel no you won't because it did not make this movie was made on 80 million dollars i can see that in the animation definitely this this movie looks like 200 animation wise 300 but with mm-hmm. owls no like 200 million dollars it looks like 200 million dollars but it doesn't look like 80 oh mm-hmm. oh my god yeah it's amazing and not only that i read on indv that there was they were thinking of a sequel in 2014 but because snyder was already too committed to the dc movies that, that never came into fruition um let me see if there's any truth to that but just keep talking i'm kind of like a little like bummed out because i remember when i saw this movie in theaters i thought it was gonna be a sequel because there's a lot of promise here it's not this is the other thing we have gotten like um like divergent on you know, the beautiful creatures movie and many ya uh adaptations that they never got like their proper sequels and a lot of them, they're like, we're really empty, giving you like, well, you're going to get all of the answers in the sequels. Like this movie, even though it has a sequel setup, it has a very good beginning and an end. There's not like a big ass cliffhangers. It's not like you get a lot of like questions that are not answered. You get that there's a promise for another story. At least it's not like other movies. I was like, oh my God, what happened to number four and the girl from Divergent after a legion? that flop if jeff daniel's gonna be the villain like you're never gonna know because those movies flop or like in beautiful creatures that guy from solo and i was like is he gonna find the girl so at least this movie had an ending that's the thing that i can admire though yeah and i can really i just feel like they didn't try anything new with it and like the pacing is at first, they, they skipped through a lot of stuff. I feel like there was so much more context and stuff that would really build out the world. Because it feels very Lord of the Rings in that sense. I mean, hell, there's a Lord of the Rings actor in the movie. So you think that this movie would have been beneficiated for a Snyder cut? Like a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour cut of this movie? I mean, if they added significant things to it, sure. Because I feel like they just skipped over the whole fun bonding scenes and all that jazz. I mean, it works for what it is, but uh, the screenplay is very exposition uh, as well, and I didn't like that. Everything else about it is great. So ultimately, much like much of Zack Snyder's work, it's very mixed bag. I say this as a Snyder fan, but I can appreciate that it went there. I don't think it always landed, but overall, I think it was good enough. I will say animation, amazing violence in a kiss movie that's always a plus for me and number three god damn it i love when a movie for kids has a really good message and this thing about like uh being an anti-war and about how people can get so brainwashed to follow a side this is hardcore for a children's movie and that for that this movie gets extra points even though like you said there's very exposition the hero's journey all of that crap 
But because of that message, Snyder, the way that the, he, the animation was so gorgeous, this movie gets a pass for me. Okay, so we just want to rate this thing and then uh, do the plugs? I, I will give this movie an eight and a half. Wow. I, wow. Yeah, I, I've... It's because of the, de- the dead scenes and the violence. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. No, on a rewatch, I actually liked this movie much more than when I first saw it. Because the first one, I was like, really? This movie? And then I rewatched it, and I was like, you know what? Not half bad. Not half bad. I'll give it an eight. Nice. Um, See, like, it's not a bad movie. Yeah. But unfortunately, uh, the next week that we have, it's, uh, from what I remember, it's, it's not good. I'm so excited because I have never seen it. Yeah, we're talking about prob- probably his worst movie. Ooh. Sucker Punch. Oh my god. Um, it's been many years since I've seen Sucker Punch. And I remember vaguely watching the trailer in the in the movie theater and I ne- I got to skip this movie. I don't know why though. But I'm like I'm so intrigued. It's it's from what I remember, it's probably a good idea that you did. But still though, I hope that I don't regret watching it on a computer or on a TV, but I ho- I I'm still excited to see this movie. Like I barely know nothing about it. And I know that it has a very kind of like you have to interpret kind of ending. Like like very divisive kind of ending. That's what I heard. Oh, well, the movie's much like Zack Snyder's filmography, is very divisive. But until then. Until then, as always, you can find me at Raul Vader, Raul Vader RDC on Twitter, Instagram, and on Letterboxd and on TikTok at Raul Vader RDC. Please follow the podcast on SYN Spot on Twitter if Twitter is still standing because now we have to pay extra for verification and you believe? No. No, we don't. Because I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. You're not you're not taking my money. Um anyway, you can follow me on Twitter and letterboxed at Master of Puns196. Every word starts with a capital letter. You can follow my Instagram at Billy Batson's Lightning. Nothing is capitalized. And you can also follow our main show Twitter at SYNS Pod, as well as give us a five star and just write a review on Apple and listen to us on Google, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, wherever podcasts can be listened to. And as always, see you next summer. Dun, 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 dun. Who? Dun, 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 dun.